Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, GTA 5 ban wave hits innocent players. So this has been making the rounds. Moore's Mutual saying here on Twitter, watch out everyone on PC who uses mod menus because there's a band wave going around or Rockstar's anti-cheat detection has been tightened. Even when using a mod menu just to protect yourself from other modders or to get deleted cars back, will get you banned. This happened to me. And so it says here, alerts, you've been suspended from Grand Theft Auto Online until October 4, 2023. Addition, your Grand Theft Auto Online characters will be reset. Return to Grand Theft Auto 5. And that sucks for him. I doubt he was a person maliciously using mod menus to fuck with people more than likely just protecting himself. And as Krim says in chat, probably helps him a lot with content recording. Absolutely, a lot of content creators for GT Online would probably use mod menus just for the purposes of setting things up for videos and whatnot. Well, you do have the Rockstar Director mode. It doesn't allow you to do everything. Interesting for this to happen now. I don't know what could have spurred this on. If I recall correctly, they were saying that like the most popular free mod menu one that people often use just to protect themselves from other modders, if that even works, is the one that's being cracked down on the most. Like obviously I use a lot of exploits and glitches and stuff when I'm playing GT Online, stuff that's been around for a very long time. But I do sometimes worry that Rockstar's gonna look at my videos and go, Matt, that is the 9,999th job warp that you've done and you've done it in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Gonna kick you out of GT Online, reset your character. Thinking about that right now, I need to complete GT Online all, all awards as soon as possible. Should gamers always expect Baldur's Gate 3 level of quality in their games? Snake Ghost wanted my opinion on the controversy around Baldur's Gate 3 and how some developers are saying Baldur's Gate 3 is a once in a lifetime type of game and that the community shouldn't expect it to raise or be the new standard going forward for other games. The reason why I didn't speak about this controversy when it first happened is because I think there was a little bit more nuance to what those people were saying on Twitter than most people were giving them credit for. We talk about this all the time where there is a finite amount of attention going around, a finite amount of games that can be played consistently at any given time, right? And when a new huge game comes out like Baldur's Gate 3 and so many people are playing it and could potentially play it for months, if not years, and be satisfied, that can impact how successful other games can be. And I cannot totally understand a developer who might be making a smaller little uh, game right now, who's looking at this like, oh shit, I'm gonna be compared to Baldur's Gate 3. I can't make a Baldur's Gate 3. Are there gonna be enough people who can play my game now because everyone's just gonna be playing Baldur's Gate 3? Like, I, I totally understand those concerns, right? Like, SkillUp will sometimes talk about in his videos when he's talking about the new releases of games, he will say, hey guys, look, delay this game two months. People are gonna be playing X, Y, and Z game that month. You do not wanna release in that month. You'll be crushed. Cause that's just the way of it, right? In the same way that we can talk about movies and how like Megamind, a great movie, didn't do so well at the box office because when did it release? It released the same time as the Minions movie, right? And min everyone went and saw, saw Minions and people kind of forgot about Megamind. It became like a cult classic, a hit over time where people realized how good it was, but it's released at the wrong time. I can totally understand developers being concerned about comparisons to Baldur's Gate 3 and success of similar games in the veins that they want to uh, make games in and success of some games in the genres they want to make games in. But on the flip side of that, I can totally understand the people who are saying like, it's perfectly reasonable for gamers to want a higher standard of game, especially these days where so many games are being rushed out unfinished or being clogged with microtransactions and all that jazz. Like so much of the gaming landscape is just like, well, the, these fucking peasant gamers will take what we give them and they'll like it. As opposed to what Baldur's Gate 3 did where they 
polished it to a fine shine, made a, a perfect full package, although it did apparently still have some bugs in it, as does any game. Like, it was clearly a high level of uh, polish on the game. And having expectations of at least that degree of completeness for games is perfectly reasonable, as far as I'm concerned. And I think the fears that because the existence of games like Baldur's Gate 3, that other games can't be successful or smaller games can't be successful is, I think, untrue. There have always been smaller games releasing that do well, even when the GT 5s exist. I doubt we're ever going to get to a point where there's just like five perfect games that you can play infinitely and no one will want any kind of smaller experience given by a smaller dev team. Yeah, so I guess that's my thoughts on that. I don't think anyone was really wrong in what they were saying. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure there must be someone on Twitter who said something stupid, but I kind of understood, or at least steel manning everyone's kind of perspective there. I, I think people do have a point. GTA 6 is going to cost $150? So many people have tweeted this out. Grand Theft Auto 6 is rumored to cost $150. So this has 43,000 likes. My response, of course, Everyone who is saying or believing this is dumb. Source, I am a voice actor for GTA 6. There is no fucking way Rockstar would risk the game flopping by charging $150 for it. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a premium version that cost $150. You get some shark cards for the GTA Online version or you get like a, sp a special car or some shit. Stuff that like makes sense. But the base game, I mean, they want as many people jumping onto the game as possible while still making as much money as possible. But obviously it's getting people into the online that matters most. I will say though, when I first bought GTA 5 for PC, it cost me like $120, but that was Australian. And via Steam, when you couldn't use Australian currency, so I had to buy it in USD, converted to Australian. The, the currency was so weak at the time that it cost me like $120, my currency. <laughs> I mean, so it's possible maybe this person is real, legit, and saw something, but it might be a different currency that has it say $150. I doubt it. I think this person's pulling the shit out of their ass, but whatever. <laughs> Weird flex. I could afford to buy GTA 5 for $120. I don't care if GTA 6 is $150. I can afford that shit. I just won't drink as many glass Pepsis. Stake gambling site fell victim to $41 million crypto heist. Gambling site Stake was reportedly hacked with 41 million in crypto being stolen. So basically like the change that they leave on the coffee table, given the amount of money that Stake makes. My response to this, Gambling site Stake was reportedly hacked with half the amount they spent on XQC in crypto stolen. Dexerto, who posted this, has a the logo of Stake and next to it, a dude in a balaclava on a laptop dressed in black. And so I said, good thing they got a picture of him in the act while he was doing the hacking. Despite his surprisingly stereotypical thief attire, they have a lot to go off for tracking him down. Because I'm funny. There's a funny thing that I said. A significant amount of radio content was cut from GTA 5. So I've been including a lot of cut content in Facts and Glitches recently, in part because Well has been going through and looking at various different things in the code to find stuff that hasn't been talked about much or hasn't been talked about at all. Been interesting stuff. But Badger Guja on YouTube released a video with some cut content that I had not heard before. The title of his video is GTA 5 Beta Changed and Cut Radio Content. And he just basically goes through and explains like what songs were included and why the radio stations that were cut from the game, the songs that were cut from the game. I think suggesting at one point in time that they had to change a lot of the songs because when they delayed the game, their licenses for various songs ran out. And so they had to change some songs for others. 
Highly recommend watching the video. You probably won't see this kind of stuff from me because I know nothing about the radio in GT5. Of every single aspect of the game, I know the least about that. I'm not a big music aficionado to begin with, but because I have to mute the music in the game for copyright reasons, I never get to hear the tracks in the game. When I watch other people play GTA 5 on Twitch, the rare times I do, the most interesting thing to me is hearing all the songs that I have not heard in eons. Some of my very first runs of the game, way back when, you know, 2014 or whatever, 2015, that had the actual music in it. But very few runs from that time exist for me. Like, I was probably one of the first people on Twitch who changed over to, like, a content ID free playlist. I, I can't remember the specific reason why. I, I Probably because I was trying to upload stuff to YouTube and I was sick of getting content ID claimed like 800 times. You should do a playthrough on your own with the music on just the hell of it. I don't think it would add enough to the experience for it to really be worth it. But yeah, um, Badger Gudja has some good videos on your channel, releases a few every once in a while. Has a good voice, you probably hear him all over the place. But yeah, highly recommend checking out that video if you're interested in that cut content. Elon Musk mysterious tweets. So this was a weird tweet that Elon Musk put out. He's a weird dude and has a lot of weird tweets. That shouldn't surprise you. May you live forever is the worst possible curse once you understand deep time. So seeing this, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Where did this come from? Why did he say this? I didn't think much of it because why spend time thinking about Elon Musk? But hours later, I was on TikTok and I got presented with a clip from the movie 300. It came out in 2006. It's during the scene at the very end of the movie, spoilers, where Leonidas and his 300 have been flanked because they've been betrayed by some dude that they wouldn't let fight with them because he's deforms. And you can see this happen here. You there, the Fialtis. May you live forever. He's pained by those words. It would seem to me this to be remarkable coincidence that Elon Musk just happens to tweet out these words and this happened to be a viral clip on TikTok right now. I think it's clearly related. But I think the reason why Leonidas said that to the dude is because it's meant to be like an honor to fall in battle. And the dude really wanted to fight for Sparta, to fight for his nation and, and fight with his brothers either side. And I think Leonidas saying, may you live forever is to say, May you never fall in battle in defense of your ideals. Let, let you never be honored as a fallen warrior. I don't think it was meant to be a curse that immortality is often considered to be. Is my interpretation bad? I never really thought that much about those words. I don't think it was meant to be, you know, the concept of immortality is not actually a blessing when you consider that if you really live forever, eventually you'll become a huge burden to be unable to die. You'd eventually get bored of existence, yet be forced to continue to live. Stuff we've talked about ourselves. I don't know what Elon Musk means by deep time, but it, it is often written about in fiction, the burden, the curse of living forever. It's a cliche, actually, in regards to immortality. I'm actually reading a book right now. There is a character who was long lived, who was trying to explain to a mortal that there are a lot of burdens that come with living forever. Immortality is a curse though. I have often said the ability to live as long as you want and only die when you desire is the ultimate blessing. But a curse to live beyond your own desire to live is obviously, well, a curse. If your existence was nothing but pain every single moment of every day for eternity, interestingly dying at that point would probably be pretty good. Deep time, as far as I know, is the idea that since time goes on forever, every possible outcome will happen infinitely often, even events with extremely low probability in the traditional sense. 
Is there infinite time though? Obviously I'm no, I know, astrophysicist or whatever, but isn't the universe eventually going to wind down effectively, given what people believe currently about the universe? And eventually nothing will be happening? And if that is the case, then even if time is infinite in some capacity, where things will continue to exist forever, obviously everything can't possibly happen because the conditions under which particular events will happen will no longer exist. I don't think these things are hammered out to the degree that you can hold certainty on these things. What I'm trying to say is, I don't think the curse from Leonidas had anything to do with deep time or immortality. I just found that relationship between this tweet and that movie funny. YouTube introduces color-based video recommendations. So I got an interesting DM. So it says here, craving something new? Create a feed of YouTube videos based on color and enjoy exploring. So you can do red, blue, or green. And so you click the color, and then every single thumbnail will be a particular color. So here's all the thumbnails being green. Here's all of them having some large amount of blue, or I guess in this case, purple. And so he's clicked red here, and there's my Far Cry live stream that's on the VOD channel, and it's got a bunch of uh, red and green in it, so I guess it could be hit either way. And someone else gave it to me as well. So you can pick blue, green, red. It seems as though YouTube is trying everything and anything to present content to people in the hopes of increasing engagement or to inspire people to more likely browse the long form section on YouTube. Because obviously with shorts, like you're flicking, going from video to video to video to video to video. And I'm sure YouTube would like people to do that, but for long form content, because in the long form content, they make a lot more money. They can sell ads more. It's, it's the backbone of their entire business. If they could get people to be as interested in browsing long form content as they are in browsing short form content, holy shit, the amount of money they'd make. Would this really increase the likelihood that you would find content that you could enjoy? As I've often said, chat, in most cases, when you're presented with 10 videos, you can guarantee one of those videos is gonna be something that you'd enjoy. It's just, you can't be fuck clicking it because you're not convinced. You're like, I could go do something else or there might be something else just off the screen that would be even better. And you just won't click the button. But if you click the button, you'd like it. If I was in YouTube shoes, I would have like 12 people sitting around the table if every single day and I would not let them leave that room until they had 12 ideas to get people to watch more YouTube videos. Like, just why not? You've got so many people. You can have like dozens of experiments running all over the platform, just in small groups of people to test it. And eventually you're gonna hit pay dirt and make heaps of money. So you may as well just test stuff. This was the lucky winner for my $10,000 giveaway. As I hope most of you know, I did a $10,000 giveaway recently. 40,000 people entered roughly, and I drew a winner. Okay, they haven't talked in my chat for two years but they are still technically a real person. The winner is Spa Idon. So this person did get back to me. Greetings, Matt. Longtime fan and lurker here. First, just wanted to say thanks for all the entertainment you've provided me over the years. Literally just finished setting up a PayPal just for this. Sorry for the delayed response as college classes have been keeping me busy this morning. Secondly, wanted to thank you beforehand for the sum of money you'll be supplementing my education fund with. You mentioned in the giveaway how many people have remarked that 10K could drastically change the course of their life. And I'm happy to inform you that such an instance will indeed be the case for me. Normally skip your giveaways, but certainly glad I threw my hat into the ring for this one. A good day to you and here's hoping for future success to you in the future. And of course, feel free to contact me with any concerns or complications, especially regarding the PayPal as I am, as I mentioned, new to the app. Mirthful regards and much appreciation. Little bit nervous him saying that this is the first time he's used PayPal because PayPal can be very antsy 
with like anything that looks even kind of weird. A person setting up an account and getting 10 grand, they might be like, oh, what is this? But we'll get to it. If I have to like personally fly to him and give him the money, I will. Now that he's gotten back to me, it's just a matter of time. I learned the perfect word to describe commentary YouTubers. So I learned a new word yesterday. It is ultra crepidarian. And what it means is someone who has no special knowledge of a subject, but who expresses an opinion about it. What does that remind you of? Another definition, noting or pertaining to a person who criticizes, judges, or gives advice outside their area of expertise. And it's like, that's basically like half of YouTube, right? That's like the commentary community on YouTube in a nutshell. Because when you have to do that stuff as a job, you need to keep making videos and eventually you run out of stuff to talk about in your bubble as you have to move beyond it. Or you have to hastily throw together a video about the hot topic, even if you don't have any special knowledge in it, you just gotta quickly on the fly learn about it. And this is what I once criticized about commentary content and something that I am working my hardest now to not fall into the trap of. I've talked about this before in rambles, but I just didn't know there was a word for a person who does that. Ultra crepidarian. The thing about words like this though, is you can never really use it in a sentence, in a conversation, because if you use it, you can have no right assumption that uh, another person understands what you're saying. So you just have to def like say the word and then define it every single time. So at that point, why are you even saying the word, right? But yeah, interesting word, ultra crepidarian. We can maybe make it a meme. Every single time you think I'm talking out my ass, just be like, Matt, are you being ultra crepidarian right now? Wait, is crepidarian a word too? What is crepidarian? Etymology. Oh, this is giving the etymology of ultra crepidarian. And the etymology is ultra to mean beyond and crepidarian to mean things concerning shoemaking. The fuck? Attributed to English essayist and writer William Hazlitt, who used it in a letter to William Gifford. The reference is to a Greek story concerning the painter Apelles, who supposedly placed new works on public display and hid behind them to hear and act upon people's reactions. In book 35 of his Natural History, Pliny the Elder records that a shoemaker noted that one figure had the wrong number of straps on his crepida, a kind of elaborate sandal. Delighted to see it fixed the next day, he supposedly began to critique the form of the leg. So annoying Apelles that the painter came out to tell him to mind his own business, that a shoemaker should restrict his commentary to the shoes. This became a Latin proverb as ne supra crepidium suta iacaritz. Let not the cobbler pass judgment beyond the shoes. That's quite interesting. But I'm sitting here being like, this could be 100% made up and I'd have no idea, right? This could just be one of the examples of someone just typing some bullshit into Wikipedia and I'd have no way of knowing. I'm ultimately right now being fairly ultra crepidarian. Well, maybe I'm not, because I'm not really giving, my, giving an opinion on something or what have you. Would that word apply in this context? Maybe I'm being too credulous, they're being having or showing too great a readiness to believe things. I don't know, man. As I always say, it's just very hard to know what's right in this world. What is true? Service technicians always do this. <laughs> I just like putting my tweets in my rambles. Here's one. Service technician. I will arrive between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. 4 p.m. And there's just a gif of a dude pulling up in his car. That did happen to me when the guys were coming to look at my air conditioner. My plan was to have my air conditioning unit that's outside my house be put up on my wall so it's no longer on the ground level. But they've told me they can't do that. They're like, look, we could put it up there, but I can't tell you how long it would stay there. What your house is made out of isn't as strong as like brick or whatever. So it would stay there a year, two, three, four, five, whatever. But eventually it would come down and uh, it 
probably not a good thing at that point. And I was like, is there anything we can do? Anything we can change? Like, I'm sorry, mate. It's just a big unit. If you could buy a smaller unit, that would not be sufficient to cool your entire house or whatever. I'm just like, oh, disappointing. Answering your most interesting questions. If you were to give up GTA, what game do you think you'd be playing the most? I might possibly still be playing World of Warcraft. I hope not. I hope that wouldn't be the case. But probably some tower defense game, some MMO, some MOBA or something. Who knows? Like, there are many games that I don't play that potentially I would if I uh, didn't have the career that I do. But it's hard for me to assess. Oh, wait. I was thinking you were asking if I wasn't a streamer and content creator, what would I be playing? If I would give up GTA for my main channel, what would I be doing? Playing pretty much basically anything, I suppose. I'd just continue to play GTA clones or GTA tangential things. As I've said before, I could still probably make a decent living not playing GTA at this point, but it wouldn't be a great living. I would definitely take a massive hit. Like, I'd be surprised if I was still getting 20% of the viewership or something. Like, obviously, I still get good numbers when I do Hitman and stuff, but obviously, I have a lot of resources related to GTA, or the assets, or the voice clips, or the, the knowledge of 10,000 hours and stuff. Any other game that I move to, I would lose all of that. I have hundreds of thousands of clips and stuff that I can reference. I would lose all of that. Rebuilding that would be quite a process. My best bet, if I was interested in just maintaining my sort of status business-wise, would be to hope that around the time I gave up GTA, that another big game came out and I can hitch my wagon to that. It's a hard thing to do though, because most of the popular games that come out that really blow up, that have a big audience, are those that are part of a franchise. So every person who was making content about Diablo 3, when Diablo 4 came out, to the moon. If I wanted to do that, just change from GTA to Diablo 4, I'd be less in a position to make good content about Diablo 4, knowing next to nothing about Diablo 3, not having an audience that finds this sort of content appealing, I'd be starting largely at ground floor, trying to compete with those who have many, many years of experience in that space. It'd be a hard thing to do. Yes, I do have a small commentary audience, so I'd still have that, I imagine. If you had a completely different job not requiring a good PC but you still make the same income as you do now, would you still get the greatest system every new component that came out like you do now? Or just every once in a while? Weird question Viper love have a good one I am off to sleep. Building a new PC, getting new parts, is a pain in the ass. What you're ultimately asking is like, am I very interested in PC hardware to the degree that I'd always want the best of the best if I could afford it? And the answer is probably no. I would still probably upgrade more than the average person, but it would be like every couple of years or when things were coming out that suggested there'd be a huge leap forward. When I didn't have as much money, I would always buy the best value parts, the, the best bang for your buck, the 1060s kind of thing. Now I can afford basically anything, but like obviously I don't want to spend the time to rebuild my PC every year. I don't find a lot of enjoyment in doing that. Some people do, but I do not. So I'd only upgrade if there was a tangible benefit to doing so in terms of my experience with playing games. Because like things can break and you can lose stuff and windows can cause you issues and da da da. Just a hassle. I can't think of something interesting to say, but if you wouldn't mind pressing the like and subscribe button despite that, I'd super appreciate it. I wish you all the best.